0: Fine, you can do that as well. That's a free cash bonus for making your deposit. Use promo code ZABE to claim the offer. Bet, win, and most importantly, get paid with my bookie today. Today on the Zabe Cast, it was a gut-punch news break Tuesday. Tiger Woods in a serious car accident again. Power Lunch Tuesday, we saw former Capital and current studio analyst Alan May join the Free Hugs and Candy Van with me and Carol to talk about being a 165-pound Enforcer in the NHL? All that plus flopping just went next level. Your 45 minute dose of pure me is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go! (laughs) Here we go! Wednesday, February 24th, 2021. Thank you for downloading. The bulk of today's Zabecast is going to be the conversation in the van with Alan May and Carol Maloney. Now, before you say, ooh, hockey, huh? It gets very, we're, we don't talk much nerdy hockey or inside hockey. I think the non hockey fan will actually very much enjoy it. But, of course, as I just got done wrapping. The podcast and driving home from the Palm restaurant where we had our power lunch, our usual Tuesday spot, I hear the news about Tiger Woods and I go, okay, well, shit. Putting this podcast to bed at a nice comfortable hour at four in the afternoon is not going to happen because I got to wait to see what is going to happen with Tiger Woods. So I sat around, I actually took a nap on the couch. I was feeling under the weather for whatever reason, perhaps travel, who knows. It's not COVID. I've already had it. Had COVID, had murder hornets, had everything. I uh, was just feeling under the weather, so I went and lay down on the couch, and I sort of drifted in and out of consciousness, listening to ESPN's coverage of the Tiger Woods crash. And I would open one eye, and I would see they're using the same helicopter shots uh, of the the car and everything else. I got to give a little bit of credit to ESPN. It's very hard to do constant breaking news when there's no news to actually break, and you've got nothing to add to the actual facts of the story as they were waiting for the sheriff's press conference at 6 o'clock Eastern time, which they finally got. So you have to sort of, you know, stretch it out, repeat what you saw, repeat what you know, bring your experts on the scene. They had Shelly Smith go, because she lives in L.A., get close as she could to the accident scene, describe the road. They, of course, brought on their other high-priced pundit, Stephen A. Smith. Michael Wilbon and others to talk about things. And of course, they'd had to bring in, you know, Tiger Woods made golf acceptable to black people. And I'm like, okay, whatever. It's not like no black people played golf before Tiger Woods in 97, but I get it. And so they covered it as best they could with really taking very few commercial breaks, I think. But we didn't really learn much. Other than that, the initial report that the Jaws of Life were required to take him out was in co wrecked. So often is the case, there's a report, there's a factoid, and then it turns out, oh, wait a minute. No, that was not the case. They used like a pry bar and an ax and they got him out and he was lucid. The other thing we thought was, oh, is he, is he hepped up on goofballs again? Cause the interview we did with Jim Nance on Sunday night, at the end of the Genesis Open, which he is the presenting sponsor of the tournament host, as you were, as as you as it was, uh, he uh, did not sound all that coherent. He did not look all that coherent. Now he may still be in constant pain due to this latest back surgery. He may still be dabbling in powerful medication to manage the pain, and so of course we thought. Was he hepped up on something that caused him to lose control and have his car flip and roll something ridiculous like seven hundred feet? I think the number was. Doesn't look like that's the case right now, but we've got to see more. They said he sounded loose and incoherent. He was uh, awake when they got to him. Uh, you know, asked what you know what's your name, and he said Tiger. And the officer's like, "Oh, I know you," and uh, so we're still learning more. How bad are the leg injuries? Is it a broken ankle? Is it uh, something more severe? Don't know. Don't know. Don't know. I. I can't wait all night to find out more details. I think you understand that and appreciate that. So that's the Tiger thing right there. Um, uh, obviously, you know, prayers up for, you know, El Gato. Uh, I think everybody would like to see him play again and win again, even if it's not a major, just somewhere, anywhere. And now that is in serious doubt. It does look like this is not going to be a fatal car crash. Uh, he does not appear to be uh, paralyzed. God forbid I even say that in any way, shape, or form. Uh, it's easy for me to minimize. It's Like, oh, he just has a couple of broken legs and his, or a couple of broken bones in his legs. What's the big deal? Well, it's not the big deal to me. I'm not going to be in the hospital. I'm not going to have to rehab. I'm not going to have to have all these surgeries that could lead to staph infections like Alex Smith. Etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I'm not trying to imply he's out of the woods, but at least the worst possible outcome seemingly has been avoided so far. But we shall see. I have, you know, early hot take. It's hard to believe that you add this to what was already a very challenging back situation, in which was not going to get better. He was just going to have to manage it the best he could as he tiptoed through his 40s to try to play golf at a competitive high level hard to believe that this car accident with the complications that it presents doesn't represent probably a ending blow to his competitive career but i'm not saying that it will or that it is cuz i don't want to go against tiger again just like i didn't i should not have gone against alex smith who was also in the news on Tuesday a article he's a sit down interview he did with GQ has what some people believe are pretty inflammatory and uh bitter comments towards the Washington football team over him supposedly not being wanted this past year and that he said I quote definitely threw a wrench into their plans he kind of sounded the note that you know they were trying to stiff arm him or I think he called it high arm him and that uh they tried to put him on the pup list didn't really want him there I don't know what it would have hurt or what what it would have done to hit them cap wise to put him to just cut him I said you should cut him before he tries to make a comeback way back in the spring they didn't they kept him on the roster they la- allowed him to be activated. I don't know how that is him, them not wanting him there when he did come in and play. And when Ron Rivera saw how he was able to play and to run the offense, uh, they said, you know, in the wake of the Kyle Allen injury, after Dwayne Haskins had shit the bed, I thought they were pretty fully invested in Alex Smith. And he won the biggest game of the year. I thought on the road in Pittsburgh, Against a then undefeated team, in which this football team said, "You know what? We could do something. We might be able to do so. We might be able to somehow claw our way to a seven and nine division championship." And they did. But Alex Smith sucked in the Eagles game, and there's no way that he would have been very good, I think, in the playoff game against Brady. And if he was bitter that he didn't get the start in that game, after all he's been through, I tell you, tough luck. Heineke came in, and he played like a house on fire. He played fantastic. Look, I want to still love Alex Smith, and I do. I just I just sense that this is a little bit of now him realizing, fuck, the, the, this team doesn't want me for next year. They don't believe in me for next year, and therefore, my career is, in fact, over, because what other team is going to take a chance on him? So perhaps the frustration of realizing that, he's now, I don't know, coping by lashing out at um, the Redskins or the Wolfskins or whatever. I don't think it's as big a deal as some people are making it. Speaking of not a big deal, the NBA All-Star Game starters came out. And of course, people are going to say, oh, what about this guy? I'm not going to do that. I'm not that much of an NBA All-Star head, but you can do that online to your heart's content. I did see where um, Chris Middleton of the Milwaukee Bucks did not get included. And there's some people bitching about that a, hey, he got paid a max deal. Everybody who watches the Bucks play know how good he is. He is in Giannis's shadow, no question about it. It's funny that most of these players don't want to go to the All-Star game. So if a guy gets snubbed, at least providing he doesn't have a huge bonus in there, he should say, thank God. It's like not getting invited to a wedding you never wanted to go to in the first place. So have at the NBA All Star snubs uh, as much as you like. Okay, Tuesdays are Power Lunch Tuesdays. Myself, Carol Maloney, and a third wheel guest join us in the Free Hugs and Candy Van, also known as the Mobile Mini, the Mobile Strike Studios. What did I say, Mini? The Mobile Strike Studios, uh, the Ram fifteen, the Ram twenty five hundred. I've got a Ram twenty five hundred and a Ram fifteen hundred. The Ram twenty five hundred van. And Alan May was our guest today, and for anyone who knows this market, D.C., and has watched Capitals games and uh, post-game shows with Alan May, uh, they know who he is. He's very good on TV. He was an enforcer in the NHL, and you look at him, and you look at his size now, he's still seemingly in fighting trim, so to speak, you say, how were you an enforcer? Well, if you want to go to YouTube and check out some of his fights, trust me, Alan May, is all over there we talked about a bunch of things in hockey out of hockey and more i thought it was a great conversation here it was take a listen right that's how it works all right alan may is with us in the free hugs and candy van he does uh studio work at nbc sports washington for the washington capitals played for the capitals from what year to what year again 89 to 95, it was a way other life, a past life, I call it. 89 to 95, yeah. and I went out to the Capitol Center back in the day, Carol, with my buddy Andy Janowiak in his green Pontiac GTO that his parents bought him. He was kind of rich. He lived in Great Falls. He had season tickets to the Capitals, and we would go out there. We'd get our homework done real quick in high school. We'd rush out to the Cap Center. We'd stop at the Popeyes and land them to get food right before we went there. And we would watch guys like Alan May and Rod Langway and Bank Gustafson and my guy, Mike Gartner. And it was good times.
1: What was the atmosphere like compared to Verizon? I actually, I
2: loved it. It was always loud. It was always sold out when I played. Uh, It was blue-collar hockey. They loved the hitting and fighting, and the boards were conducive to, it was like (laughs) a big bass drum on a hit. There was no, it wasn't as polite as it is now, and there were, it was always, the the embers were always b- burning for something physical, and the place just reacted and to it. They well, loved hardcore hockey.
1: That was your specialty.
2: It was, that was. and while well, you thrive on it in good yeah. environments, in a fun environment, so it was absolutely spectacular.
0: What did you consider yourself when you played? You weren't an enforcer, per se.
2: Uh, the, they labeled me as that. They and, did? Well, I had... My first four years of pro hockey had sixteen hundred penalty minutes. And <laughs> and I led every league in fighting majors and I think it's well, I I, you I, w- were an I was kind of them. cantankerous the way I played, but and then because I wasn't didn't weigh a whole lot, people thought they had fight the guy with the skinny neck and then they'd get their ass
0: kicked. So <laughs> it was what did you play? What or, I'm sorry, um what was your best scoring season? In the NHL?
2: Yeah. Not pretty. Uh, seven goals, ten assists.
0: Okay. And most years, you'd be good for how many goals? Three or four?
2: Five, six, seven, whatever, okay. yeah. Just well,
1: banging, cleaning up stuff?
2: Well, we, I played third and fourth line mostly, yeah. and then it was – the roles were more defined back then, and it was – I was like seek and destroy. I, I, I was consumed with hitting, playing like a linebacker kind of. And then you have to be responsible in your positioning. And you don't ever want to become domesticated in the way you play. Domesticated. And, and because there are guys that score goals. There was, you know, in my era, there was Dino Cicirelli and Mike Gartner was gone, um, Peter Bonder. They were paid to score goals. I was paid to create mayhem and stick up for teammates. So yep. you just have to figure out because when I was a kid, I was a goal scorer. As a junior hockey player, I was a goal scorer. And I also had a chip on my shoulder, so I, I to me fighting was never something I had to take a deep breath to do. I was just like, "All right, here we go."
0: I meant to say where no, I was. I said where did you play? I meant to say what did you weigh when you played?
2: When I first got to the NHL, I weighed one hundred and sixty-eight pounds. Oof, one
0: hundred and sixty-eight pounds. Well, I, I
2: believe me, I wasn't skinny though because I overtrained so bad, and it wasn't until I was twenty-three or twenty-four that I cut the eight to 10 hour a day of working out down to two hours, two to two to three hours. And it made eight all hours and,
0: of working out a day I
2: was OCD big time. I thought the, I thought the more I did, the bigger the muscles would get. I didn't realize what I was Gee. doing to myself.
0: And, and what, what did happen after eight hours? I, like you're saying physically I could,
2: I could, I would consume about four to 5,000 calories a day and never gain a pound. And how'd you work out? I skipped for ninety minutes a day. I did a slide board for ninety minutes a day. I boxed fifteen to thirty rounds a day. I had <laughs> weight routines. Thirty rounds and of I boxing st- a
0: day. No wonder why he kicks kicked everyone's ass. <laughs> I right, did Carol? it more I
2: did it more for conditioning and I was just thinking the more I do, the bigger I'll get and you know, the the muscle that made the strongest was my brain because there was no quit. Really that's I, I'm always proud of the fact that I could never throw in the towel and practice. I would never miss a training day. I worked out seven days a week. I started the first Monday after every season, unless it ended on a Sunday. And if it did end on a Sunday, then I had a good week of partying before the following Monday.
1: <laughs> did you get along with the guys who didn't have that work ethic, who were pretty boy type No, nah, you know what? Guys?
2: Back when I first started, there was a lot of, my first NHL training camp, I was surprised at all the guys with beer bellies that had the, the lake body from water skiing and drinking beer all summer or the golfing. The lake Body. and <laughs> I've never heard or that or, or the golf guys and you know so I never got into golf because at one time that I did go to play golf and my dad saw me I was 18 or 19 after the draft and my dad goes where the hell are you going dressed like that and I said i'm going golfing with the guys he said which guys I told him he's drafted he's drafted he and he goes like F you are he goes get your ass to the gym so I went to the gym and I'm proud to say that <laughs> no, it, this worked out very, very well. No, I played at every level of pro hockey. I played more than that group of guys combined. Oh,
1: there you go. At nice. the
2: lowest level, at the mid-level, and at the highest level. You,
1: is there one fight you regret?
2: Um, Actually, there there's one fight, and I hurt the guy um, really bad. And I'm, I think his career ended shortly thereafter. But I found out this burned a hole in me forever. And actually, I just got off my chest about, six months ago, I, th- I guess, and it was, I found out this kid's mom had passed away unexpectedly a couple weeks before, and it always bothered me that th- there's no way he should, I was mad at this team, I was mad at this coach, his General, he shouldn't have been playing from what I know now, and I felt so bad because I heard him bad in the fight, and then a couple weeks later, I saw him pass out while skating back for a pocket and careen into the boards, and that was basically the end of him. The good news is, he flies around in private jets now and he's oh, yeah. done incredibly well, but I had to get it off my chest because it was it was like just it bothered me. Was it my Jeff entire...
0: was it Jeff Pookaboom?
2: No, it wasn't Jeff. It was uh <laughs> a...
0: I Googled Alan May and it says fights. Yeah and, and, and I... You want Alan May fights? Oh yeah, I want Alan May fights. <laughs> well
2: they're they're not all pretty, but uh I'm trying to think if that was the game he tried to steal my skate as I was punching him, uh, but uh, it, it was a guy named Jeff, and uh, my friend coached his son in the National Hockey League. So I ended up, you know, just c- communicating with him and uh, told him how much it bothered me. So we've agreed when we're in the same zip code, we're going for beers from now on. Oh, that's, you think that's he's nice going suck to sucker punch you once, though? Nah, his life has been really, really good, and that he's good. A, and he's a good man. His kids are great; they're beautiful. His, I just want to go visit him at his house because it looks spectacular. Yeah. yeah.
0: By the way, look at this. Alan May versus Ty Domi, Carol.
2: Oh, these aren't pretty. Ty... Are these
0: on YouTube? Oh, yeah. They're uh-huh. all
2: over YouTube. Yeah. Oh, I'm trying yeah. to think. I, so, I, I can't
0: remember all these fights. Ty Domi was legendary, Carol. Do you know Ty Domi as a fighter?
1: Uh, not as a fighter. I mean I was that's way all he too did. young. I'm way too young to remember watching this live,
0: but Ty Domi, who else was in who else is in the pantheon of fighters in NHL history? Uh Bob
2: Probert, Dave Brown, Dave Semenko. Yeah,
0: Cementhead Samenko. Uh,
2: he was my all time favorite. <laughs> and uh this so this, this says, kid <laughs>
0: this says this says Ty Domi round four
2: yeah, the, the, you a series you. of fights. Talking. Well, he was one of those guys that did all that. Like he, he win or lose, he did the same thing. Because we, there's a couple of fights where you could go back on him, and he got his ass severely kicked, and he'd still do the same thing. So, mm-hmm. the, the hard part about fighting him was you could punch him as hard as you wanted. Like at least for me, and it wouldn't take him down. It wouldn't do anything to him. I'd... He'd be sitting there. This after this fight, <laughs> I hit him at the start of this fight. A bunch of times, and then he was in there, just nothing ha- like
0: nothing happened. Heck yeah, no big deal. And, and I, that pisses you off, right? No, it was Cause just you're like, like I didn't get under his skin at all.
2: No, so I was hitting him at the start, nailing it really well, and he was so much stronger than me. He doesn't hit me there; he just knocks me off balance in this one, and he, he just—I don't know what it was—but he he had traps and he had pecs, and there were. I saw him once. I think I saw him the game before this. With a shirt off, down in the back tunnel of the old U.S. Airways Arena, mm-hmm. and I was like, "What the f- is that?" <laughs> I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe like how thick this guy was. He probably right. outweighed me by fifty pounds, and he was six or seven inches shorter. It seemed like
0: he also had that crazy guy look. You just look at he's his an, face.
2: He's an Albanian destroyer. He he was. You know what? Yeah. I, I do admire the guy. He was a really really bad hockey player the first time I saw him, and at the end of, he played a lot longer than I did. He ended up being absolutely, I thought, incredible. I thought all of his skills. He worked hard. He made himself a boatload of money, played a long time. All of his teammates loved him. And I think after that game or one of the next games, I was in the China Club on a Monday night in New York. It was the the best night to go to the China Club. The next thing I know, I turn around and we're Together in the bar, he goes. What do you have? And you know, it's just like typical oh. hockey guys. Yeah. And so that's so fast. funny. So then, and we what fought, do you,
0: <laughs> <having>? hey, <laughs> hey. you look over, you're like, oh, it's Ty Domi. Yeah. You and I were you fighting know a couple nights ago. But what ago. you
2: do when you're with guys like that is you don't talk about the scrap. You don't talk about any of that. You, you, you know, you know everything about each yeah. other, and you just laugh about it. Drink some beers, rums, vodkas, tequilas, whatever it is, and then you go your separate ways. And the next game, you. I think nowadays what's, they're different. They'd probably tweet each other. I was
0: going to say, what's the state of fighting now in the NFL? It's
2: almost gone. It's almost extinct. Yeah. And
0: Is that a good thing? Eh, you know what? I think uh,
2: they did it smarter when I played, and my era was supposedly more violent. But I think guys, you might have three fights in a career, in a season, and a guy's hurting all three fights. Their techniques are horrible. I don't think it's – the the way we used to do it was a lot different. It was like – it was part stick up for your teammates. And the thing that really pisses me off when I watch the games is they now have a four-minute penalty for high sticking. And if a player has a drop of blood, have you ever have. seen that? And they yeah. go like this. Yeah. I, I think you should get a penalty.
0: If you for, have to touch for, your for, face for, to for, get the blood. For
2: being a wimp or a mama's boy on that one <laughs> and looking for the blood. And how it used to happen, you didn't have it as much because if someone touched your face with a stick, the gloves came off. Yeah. So the g- game was safer that way. Right. Uh, if you hit someone from behind, all five guys jumped on you. Now, everyone's looking at the ref. No one does anything. Yeah, And I think it makes the game more dangerous when you don't have to worry about the Grim Reapers on the other team.
0: But obviously the league felt like, look, we want to get this out of the but game.
2: It looks good. But what happens the other night in one of the games, I think the outdoor game had a bunch of fights the other night. Mm-hmm. And the, you know, people still stand up and love it. And I'm not trying to be a dinosaur about it because I think about all these rule changes, and I think they've over-rotated on a lot of it. And more p- players are hurt more severely now. I believe concussions are probably up from where they used to be. Really? And I think that I, I really because
0: think. Because of why? I think the Six speed, of, speed,
2: speed of the game, checks. guys jumping off their skates right. uh, to make hits. I never jumped off my skates that I know of. To, to make a hit we tried to use the boards we corralled players it was a different game but also the coaches ruined the game they ruined fighting and they ruined uh the they call it the dead puck era coaches got too smart and they took all the offense out of the game and rather than taking the a couple making dead a couple puck era it's back when everyone was skating backwards in the neutral zone it was that that, era, the, uh, that part where the caps went left before left wing lock well it's even worse than that colors. left wing lock's not bad cuz they're still free ice but okay. the old way was hooking and holding Five guys in the middle, and it was based off a basketball tra- trap, and I think it was Rudy Tomjanovich taught uh, Jacques Lemaire, who was the coach of the New Jersey Devils. As soon as they won the cup in '95, everyone started to do it, and it just screwed over hockey. And then the playoffs, a lot of teams were just scrapped it. But in the early 2000s, if you couldn't coach, you just coached the trap, and yeah. it kind of sucked to watch. And I couldn't watch hockey for a while back then.
1: Mm. Well, I just think that uh, you know, also the the research that's done on brains it's harder to watch see see guys getting you know (laughs) smashed in the face just because of what we know you know what
2: so everyone that played i'm not gonna say everyone but my era of players and older they're not walking around like zombies they all played the game a lot of guys played the games without buckets they didn't have face shields i wore face shield one game because i had a broken nose and, One game. Uh, One and, game. And, and uh, I felt like a pussy doing and, it, and I and, and actually, I, I re injured my nose from missing a hit and I smushed and, my nose oh, in the glass, so didn't and and help the, you. And the visor, yeah, so, uh, anyways, the uh, but the players are healthy, and I think a lot of guys that do have serious problems, it's drug and alcohol as well, so it's not, yeah. not yeah. the but now they're everyone's looking for what what's wrong with me, they're making blame. But I'm telling you, all of my friends, all my teammates, guys are healthy. That's good. They're happy. They've got name recollection. They thrive at life. So I, I don't buy all of the arguments and just throwing everything in one basket. And how
1: does it change the game now when you have like a Tom Wilson out there, where guys are always knowing where he is, knowing he could go?
2: Well, it, well, rogue. everyone, everyone's scared of him. Scared yeah. of him. So it makes his game a lot easier. I think that's why he's able to play the game. He's an intelligent kid. And he's he's able to play the game a different way now. That if he was playing when I played, he wouldn't be getting twenty five goals. Really? Yeah, because he'd have you'd, to he'd have to dance every game. He'd have to drop his gloves.
0: So you'd be running at him, and, and other guys guy, would guys run would,
2: would be every all time. over. Yeah. Well, we used, the game notes that we have before every game. You, you know in the in the press room, oh, I you want go to hear there. That. You go in the well. What we used to do when we go to the dress room, you went on and you go oh, lefty righty, lefty righty. And I remember playing a preseason game one year in Albany, New York, playing the New York Rangers in a brand-new arena. And used to play in the preseason all these obscure towns, maybe 10 to 13 preseason games, which were bloodbaths. And, yeah. you know, teams, I think the New York Rangers used to have like 200 guys in training camp. Most teams would be smart and only have about 50. And we went into this game, and I didn't know who any of the other guys were. And our player personnel, director of player personnel goes lefty, righty, hugger, uh, you know, doesn't doesn't want to fight. He's a grappler, uh, throws with both. And I just go to him. I go, "Who's the toughest?" And he goes, "He is." So first shift of the game, I run after this guy as hard as I can. After like prison go, rules, yeah. Well, first day in prison, yeah. go after the toughest guy. So out there. that's what I did, and I end up scoring two goals. That game was first star in a preseason game, so that you know, no big deal. But after I get in the dressing room after the game. Jack Button goes, he goes, that was, that's one of the best things I've ever seen. And I said, cut off the head of the snake. I said, or fight all 12 guys and maybe lose a couple on the way up. No way. Just went after the guy. And then you're your, right. atti- your attitude is you're invincible at the time if you're good at it yeah. and you're not. So I never went into a game being scared. I was just thinking of what I could do right. I, you know, attitude's everything with yeah. how you approach it.
0: So funny, I was at a Milwaukee Admirals game about a year ago. Yes, have at that water. Go ahead. And I got to sit – I was manning the penalty box, which was cool because the admirals were like, hey, you know, you want to do that. I'm like, of course I do. So this is minor league hockey, but it's really good hockey up in front of your face. And I couldn't forget one guy on one of the, on the opposing team, apparently it had enough of somebody else. And I'm watching them skate couple shifts up and back – not shifts, but a couple of up and backs. And I could tell something was about to happen. And then all it took was like a little look like this, a little nod of the head, Boom. Gloves, sticks, and it was on. And I asked the guy when he got in the box, I was like, what was that all about? He's like, ah, it goes back three games, three (laughs) games ago. So those are the kind of things that get settled, right?
2: Absolutely. I saw something the other day that uh, was on the NBC broadcast, and they said, well, hockey players have short memories. I was like, no, we don't. I I remember, you know, in the playoffs, you don't have a lot of fighting, and I remember guys that would all of a sudden, they had muscles because there wasn't any fighting. They were all of a sudden two inches taller, 40 40 pounds more muscle. And I would remember, I'm going to get that little bastard. Next year's first chance, first game, I'd beeline right for those guys who are mouthy behind the refs and jabbing Mm -hmm. their stick in there. Mm -hmm.
0: So it's just, you couldn't let players get away with it. Speaking of fighting, did you see this bathroom fight? between the Oklahoma football player. (laughs) Here it is right here. You can watch it with me. But um, this was, apparently the guy that got his ass kicked almost lost an eye. So he got really messed up. The football player. The football player did.
1: He had surgery yesterday.
0: But I'd say here is the first tip for any guy who thinks he's really tough. If there's a guy smaller than you and you're starting to chirp at him and he's not backing down, that's sign number one, that he might be a badass. Number two. Look for the cauliflower ears. <laughs> That's another sign you might not want to mess yeah. with them.
1: Yeah. Because asked... when this
0: thing got ugly, I mean, it was pretty bad. Of course, it's in a the bathroom. They're all rolling around in piss, which is disgusting. Yeah. Even the guys, the guy who won the fight, it's like, great, now you're covered in piss.
1: The guy who won it didn't start it.
2: I'm no, wondering. he. The other guy gave him the green light, and I, you know, I don't know what's going to end up happening here, but he gave He's him once he once, the once he once he touched him. Yeah. Uh, it was. He made it. He made himself available to get his ass kicked. Well,
1: that's something about hockey. They keep the fighting to the ice. Did you ever get picked on, like off ice, by some? You just
2: learn to avoid. I was lucky because I could take out my frustrations with life on the ice too. I yeah. could go into a game and hit someone at whatever speed we skated at, and you just ne- you, you knew to avoid the stuff off the ice.
1: But uh, somebody had to see you and be like, "Oh, I'm gonna, t- I'm gonna."
2: Oh, this- there are people. There's jackasses. Like my hometown, the I called the bar bump. And Where's just, your hometown? Edmonton, and I would just laugh at them, and because they'd I,
0: be like, "Oh, Alan Mays here, Mister NHL," or I like a run at him. Well, it, it
2: happens a lot back home where yep. people do that, and you just have—it's just like a life discipline, you know. You can't do those things, and you know now especially. Could you imagine all of these things happen, and it's on social media in a heartbeat—it it, within two seconds of it happening. And How so, old are you now?
0: Fifty six. When was your last fight?
2: Oh, it's been a while. I don't know. It's, it's been, been a long a time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> After you retired? Oh, Have I you... had
2: one in that alumni game. I had a hockey fight in an alumni oh, game. Oh, nice. Yeah. Who'd you fight? Uh, Kevin Killer Kaminsky. An <laughs> <in the> alumni. <laughs> and, game. and some and someone sent me the picture. He's selling his alumni jersey. Um, you know, for for that game, and it's covered in blood. And he goes oh! from a tilt from a tilt with my buddy Al May. So. <laughs>
0: So you bloodied him up in an alumni game.
2: It was supposed to be fun, and, and I knew he's got a screw loose, hence his nickname is Killer. And uh, But he uh, he wanted to have a fight, and I, I knew he was squirrely, and I knew I didn't want to really. I was like, oh, this yes. little – because he was a little too jacked up for the game. It's just an alumni game. It's right, a bunch relax, of old guys relax. trying to have fun and score some goals. And the next thing you know, we dropped the gloves, and he jersey punched me right in my nose. What's and that? I, he took grabbed my jersey right here and just slammed what we dro- when I dropped it so I just started
0: so in other words he he grabbed your jersey and then with one move you can yeah it was kind of his left his...
2: kind of his left jab oh okay it's on there it. it's right. on there it's on it, your computer it is <laughs> love that fight and, uh, yeah killer
0: killer kominski
2: ellen may so the worst thing about it was as we were going down his eyes shut and his knees buckled and i went down on top of him and then he was out for a second and then he tried to I don't know why he did it, but he tried to grab my face, so I, I grabbed him.
0: There it is, right there.
2: Yeah, at, that's at MedStar, and <laughs> so he kept coming up to me before the game, between periods. So this is the third period, and he wanted to fight, and so I knew. You can see where his jersey is. Whoa! And then, so he ended up with like <laughs> yeah, a at- he ended up with like a one inch gash on his eye. His face ends up being covered in blood. So. And he's the happiest guy in the world. <laughs> he's the happiest...
0: Happy, got into a scrap. Yeah,
2: and he's happy. And my nose was bothering me. And then the guys are I was like, oh, man, everyone's going to be mad at me. The best thing is that um, the Bruce Boudreau, the team was in Chicago that night in a preseason game, and Bruce Boudreau goes... Uh, I think Mike Fogel asked him, who's a Caps uh, senior media guy. He, he asked him... Uh, he goes, oh, there was an actual real fight in the alumni game today. And he goes, I know, it was probably uh, May and Kaminsky, and I hope May kicked his ass. I hate that little <laughs> bastard.
0: <laughs> so he knew exactly who it yeah. was. Yeah. All right, let's pivot to the outdoor game in Lake Tahoe. What would you guys think?
2: I loved it. I think it was the coolest thing. And it was the closest thing to a real outdoor game, minus the ice melting, but... I'm going to let that indiscretion pass because Mother Nature always wins. But by the time it was midnight, I was still watching that game. So it was the longest game Carol, ever. Carol, what do you well, think?
1: I mean, does it add to the challenge of planning for future since you are at the mercy of Mother Nature? And I know rain is the worst enemy. You know
2: right? what? I don't think they had that rink set up as long as the other ones when they came to Nats Park. I think it was there about a week. And I'm not sure the time frame of it. but. You know what? It's something to do with the technology. It was melting where the the signs are, the mesh signs, like the advertising. Those areas melted. And I've always thought you should play at night, anyways. I think the visuals are better as far as really? in a football well, stadium. But for that, for that, you wanted it, to the see daytime. the
0: lake. I thought the visuals in daytime were some of the most spectacular things I'd ever seen. I was like, <gasps> wow. Especially, our, yeah, our
2: because TV the style. the game didn't look as great on Sunday night. Because yeah. at the start of it, it did, but the sun was in the players' eyes. Right, right, but still, right, right. that's you know part of we skated outside, and you had sun in your eyes. So
0: when you grew up, how often did you play outside?
2: uh Every single day.
0: Every day.
2: And I didn't play in an indoor arena until I was twelve years old or thirteen. Wow. And I played every elementary school where I grew up had two outdoor rinks at it. One was like a public skating and. The other was for playing hockey. And but they're was,
0: rinks, they're not lakes.
2: No. And I okay. did that and I did that at my grandparents' farm and I did uh we all do that. It, it's yeah. but the big thing is the outdoor rinks in your hometowns and there's literally hundreds of them. How do they
0: maintain outdoor rinks? With a full Zamboni? No.
2: snow <laughs> snowblowers and shovels. Okay. And but back when I played, say I was eight years old, the parents would get out with these big ice I don't know what you call them be, Basically, a really wide shovel, like a they'd they'd scrape, yeah, big scrapers, and then the unfortunate parents got the had to do the thing over the boards, and there were no boards on the sides. Okay, I I kid you not. When I was in junior high school, my dad would come to the outdoor rink where I lived on Fridays and Saturdays or holidays at Christmas, and we would be out there at three, four, and five in the morning. We'd never go inside. And wow. the reason you'd keep playing because you knew your shoes were so damn frozen. <laughs> <laughs> and then you put your shoes on and you'd sprint home as far, you know, two, three, four, five blocks, whatever you lived.
0: Right, because I... your hockey skates were at least warm and sweaty. Yeah, because
2: you're going the whole time.
1: Yeah. In Iowa, it's cold enough for outdoor rinks, obviously. And my, my dad's uh, neighbor has one built behind.
0: You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. You need Indeed.
1: Kind and um, they're out there late. I mean, this is Iowa now. Right. This is just a bunch of people
0: goofing off. Does this happen now, though, in today's in my day my hometown? In my hometown,
2: yes. It does. I don't know good. if they play games outside anymore, but when I go back in the winter, the, the outdoor ranks and, you know, one of the coolest things I saw was about five or six years ago with the Caps, we flew into Montreal on a Friday afternoon, and it was about 2 o'clock in the afternoon, and you could see the outdoor rinks all over the city and in some there were literally 50 kids others there were six and seven or adults even it looked yeah. but as we flew into the city it was so cool to see all the people outside doing that that is cool it's still yeah. the best form of recreation to the, me
1: the rink though next door to my hometown or my my where i grew up they the boards were about I would say four. I mean, they just had a little circle of a board. There was no place when you're flying to the side. There's no place to hold on to keep you from flying off. Well,
0: just go off, catch yourself. At least it's a yeah. soft landing. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> so, do you think the NHL will do some more of these fanless, ultra remote outdoor games? Well, they kind
2: of had to do that one, but the one that they could the do. Obviously. You know, the movie Mystery Alaska was made in my home province, Alberta, and it was in a place called Canmore, named Canmore, Alberta. And I think they could do it up there, or Lake Louise. Have you ever been to Lake Louise? No. Ooh, it's yeah. one of the best-looking yeah. places. That part of Canada is probably one of the nicest part of North America, the Pacific Northwest and that part of Canada. And they could do an outdoor game up there. And I think the way you make money off it is the ultimate sponsorship. But there you could end up with too much snow. That would be the, the downside of it, too. But the backdrops with the mountains and everything would be – and I think all the players would
0: sign up for it. Oh, I think there's no concern? question. By the way, here – here is uh, Skating Lake Louise. The, by the way, the water is just crystal blue. But, uh, yeah, I've seen yeah, – that's, look, look that's at that, gl- That's Carol. a
2: glacier in the background, and normally that water is full of silt in the in the summertime. And it, it's beautiful there. Too, and that hotel is only about 1,000 a night.
1: Is there any concern a thousand a night? that Jesus. we have some sort of, like, human error and the ice starts to buckle a little bit? I mean, do they do – are you that confident in the testing and the temperature? Yeah,
2: absolutely. Well, look at all the people that ice fish all the time. Yeah, this,
1: but that's that's people out there ice fishing. It's not what? a bunch of goons <laughs> at once.
0: Imagine they put an actual rink with dasher boards, goals, everything out there, and there's a crack in it all. Well, that, that's
2: <laughs> that's probably why. Well, that would, would yeah, be tough. And bad. And uh, they could make it look like they're on a lake. They yeah, could, you're
0: right. They, yeah. Could, they could they
2: could take a, a, a field with the mountain backdrop and say it's a lake. <laughs>
0: look at that! This 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 doesn't even look real. It looks like a video game. Look at this. I know. I
2: want to do that. And look now. at
0: these. Look at these tiny little kids out there in the middle of this lake, that is as smooth as glass and and turquoise blue. And there's the hotel that costs a thousand a night. <laughs> Very nice. So yeah, I was thinking they could. I always said that they should do an outdoor game on the mall, in DC, on the reflecting pond. It's not technically wide enough. I don't think it's for, not. Well, maybe it is. I'd have to check the dimensions. How wide is the rink, Ellen? 85. 85 by 200. Okay. Are you looking up? I'll look it up. I right think yeah. it
2: looks like it's big
0: enough. Yeah. Of course, right now it's all fenced off. So we got to unfence it first. Do That's Do they need a whole to do something
1: story. to change it? Because I'm already bored a little bit with the schedule of the NHL this year. Like to what do you mean the schedule? The same teams. Well, I, no, they like, they ah. had to do that.
2: The pa- everything's pandemic related. I know. But, but at the end of it, f- oh, they, they'll, they'll, it won't something. be like this in the future. It, it, they, we just got to get through this. Uh, the player, you got to be able to cross the border to have the Canadian teams in, and it, 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 I think it works right now. I kind of like the fact that you have all the teams playing each other, like in this division, the Caps Eastern, whatever the Mass Mutual Eastern Division. You have eight teams, you have seven opponents, so you play them all eight times. That's fifty-six games. I think it's genius right yeah. now and
0: it's hockey carol. We can't yeah. be picky. Well, yeah. Thank God we and, got it. Right? And the other
2: thing is that it's either no games or these games, and I'll right. take these games over no games. When Heck are yeah. when
0: are they going to start filtering fans back in?
2: Some uh state of New York's going to start in the next couple of weeks, I believe. What about the Capitals? Uh pfft. DC's I, I strict, think DC right? will be the last, last. place that it opens ah, up in North America. They're they're in probably Ottawa, Canada. Who knows? You yeah. know where the capitals are.
0: Uh, good news. The uh, reflecting pool is 56 yards wide. 56 yards wide. Plenty wide enough. Mm-hmm. That'd be a that pretty be spectacular amazing. spot. Of course, the NHL they love the money from the outdoor. No, games. but you would
2: have. That's why you'd have to like really label it for a sponsor. Would have to because they make about five million a game. Okay. You know, three to five million dollars a game. Who does? The NHL on that. For an and and the teams don't get that money. The league gets up on it. That's okay. profit, that's revenue. What are we talking that's about? That's profit. That's
1: and all. I thought they and, made
0: more than that. And okay.
2: for for those games, because you take say Long if a cap's average ticket price will just say we'll go low ball, we'll say a hundred times eighteen thousand, that's one point eight. Am I right? Yeah. I'm, and you
1: lost me. Are we supposed to do math? I'm Just, I'm just nodding with him.
0: I don't want to get in a fight.
2: So then you go forty thousand people at a game that's two hundred fifty dollars, like they did at Nats Park. Right. And you take all this. You'd have to get a sponsor, and it, every every time you open your mouth, you'd have to say, "This is the Bridgestone Winter Classic." Bridgestone Winter Classic. This is Bridgestone would have to be on every player's equipment. Bridgestone would have to be all over the ice. I, I think.
0: A, I think an even better promotion is the Craft uh, Hometown. Hockey. Hockey barn thing. Have you ever heard of this, Mm-mm. Carol? Tell tell Carol. Well, it's, what it's basically all
2: about. the fans in Canada and the U.S. from all these obscure locations uh, say why they're Hockeyville or why they're why they should be picked, yeah, and they get a pre Hockeyville, yeah. and they get a preseason game by two NHL teams in all these random towns, and the money goes into the arena in those towns, and it's kind of right. it's usually in Canada. It's always a hard luck story. It Seems like the arena that burnt down or right. something something like that happened, and
0: so you know, you're bringing two NHL teams to your small little yeah. town and the, your and little yeah. rink. It'd be like barns. them playing in Rockville. I've, it, seen, that right. I've yeah. seen that movie. I've seen that
1: movie.
0: Yeah, no, it's very, it's very cool. So, all right, uh, let's talk about the league right now. Uh, who's the best story in the league right now, in your opinion? And which players do you think are the most compelling players right now? Well, right
2: NHL? now the Canadian division is playing in a, a very – it's like four different leagues right now, and the Canadian division has Toronto. Um, that's kind of a complete team that's – They've got a player, what is he, got 18 goals in 18 games right now. Austin Matthews, Connor McDavid has 37 points in about 18 games. He's awesome. And those two guys are, you know, Matthews will get the most goals in the year. Maybe he'll get 50 and 50. And Connor McDavid should get over 100 points in 56 games. So up there, they're playing a different brand of hockey. So those stories are really, really good. And then south of the border, I don't know what the good story is yet. (laughs) Um, You know, they just, it's, no one's really taken away the East. Um, where the Caps are in. Uh, the cent- There's really nothing in the Central. It's kind of a surprise. Florida's in it right now. Tampa, of course. And then on the other side, no one really cares. Well, I, <laughs> it's kind
1: of, it's like... I used to live for Caps Pens, and I know it's tonight, uh, and I'm not... I mean, it's not the same. Not feeling it. No, not. Do you think well, it will ever have the kind of rivalry? Oh
2: that... yeah, yeah. We have to have people in the building, and it has to be people, and because you can feel good. it. Because last year, just as the pandemic ended, it was a couple days before, maybe a week or two before, the Caps played the Penguins, and it was their best game of the season. Brendan Dillon, a newcomer at the time, fought Evgeny Malkin in a fight. The Caps kicked ass oh, in that game, and
0: big you know everyone was on
2: a high for it. It, w- it was a really fun game. And it adds with the fans in the building because now it's kind of smart guy hockey. It's like X's and O's and, do, yeah. you know, no one's feeding off their crowds. So and in yep. and, and, and the in the summer, there, Tampa dominated sometimes uh, in the Dallas series in the cup final, and they wouldn't score a goal. But had they been in Tampa with their home crowd, they probably would have got four or five goals in a five-minute segment. Interesting. Because, because why? Because it would have been overwhelming for the opposition to be okay. hemmed in their own zone and, mm-hmm. The crowd yeah, would have and, swelled and, up, and it would. Your senses feel way different. And I played in some games where you couldn't even yell in the player's ear beside you, and he could. You could yell, but he couldn't hear you, and it was like awesome at the same time, but kind of sucked at the yeah. same time. Just yeah. to be in an environment that that was that was that noisy, and you know, some places in the playoffs. Once the anthem starts, they never quit cheering, right? And it's so fun. Carolina kicked the Caps' ass two years ago. Oh yeah. You couldn't hear a damn thing in there. I, I had these on. I could still hear the crowd noise like you wouldn't believe with really? noise-canceling headphones. Wow. And I thought it was awesome. I had I had goosebumps all game, every game. In Carolina. And, yeah, it was awesome. So, you know, it, it's a really good arena for noise. And when they when they packed the place, and one of the problems, you know, the Caps went in there for 10, 15 years, and the place was half empty or half full. Yeah. And uh, then they would go there in the playoffs, and Carolina was fast, they were right. physical, mm-hmm. and the place was nuts. They were doing daily tailgates because they have that NC State parking lot and so they had country music guys and People out there, the, and it was uh, we'd get there in the morning for morning skate, and people would be out there drinking and partying already, and it's like, damn, that,
0: I want to do that too. That was the Bunch of Jerks team, right? Yeah, absolutely. And that was, who said that about them? It was an opposing... Oh, no, it was Don Cherry, the, uh, oh, yeah, Don Cherry from Hockey Night in Canada. Because after wins, the Hurricane players were doing some sort of dance or some yeah. sort of routine, and Don Cherry, being old school, was like, hey, come on, act like you've been there before, you bunch of jerks, and so they took that... Put it on the Jumbotron, made it a rallying cry, and it became sort of their thing.
2: Yeah, it was pretty cool. It worked for a while. I, I didn't like the celebrations, most of them, but really? I, I, I get what they were doing, and they had fun with it. So it was good for their crowd. I was just happy that every team in the league didn't copy us. Yeah. So it,
1: Unleash the Fury is going to have to hold on for a while for the Caps. Do, how do you like their youth and speed right now? What you, have do you they have, have you? any youth? That's what I'm saying. Mm. Like, no,
2: they, they only got a I think Jacob Ron is young. Jacob Rana's young, of all the guys in the lineup. Jacob yeah. Rana. That's, it's Jacob a, Rana. It's and Jacob problem. Rana. <laughs> and Tom Wilson. And, and Tom Ovi
1: Wilson. looks like older than you. No offense to oh, Ovi. His I mean.
0: magnificent gray mane. As he takes pregame skate and the hair is flowing back, he looks like this old lion who can still kill you.
2: But he's still amazing. So they, they're not young. Um, they're going to have to get by an experience. They have the oldest player in the league who's had about 1,560 games now in Zdeno Chara. I love watching him play because he's still miserable every game. And <laughs> in but what the, way they're, miserable? They're, well, he just he plays the game with like snarl. Yeah. He's old school. It's and tough. yeah, he's tough and he makes people pay. And if someone does something, he's the first guy there. So he's never changed. Uh you know, he, he hasn't changed his stripes, his spots, whatever he is, he's he's his own guy still.
0: Chara's the human long stick guy in bubble hockey. You know, there's the one guy yeah. with the long stick in bubble hockey. That's Chara. Six seven 6'9", 6'9", bare feet, and huge reach, huge stick. And and
2: he's the strongest guy on the team. Right. And he's insane about his fitness, his workout regimen, what he puts in his body. He's one of those plant-based guys like Tom Brady. and. He he's he's amazing. Everything about the guy is pretty cool. And
1: his sticks went somewhere else, didn't some fan they Yeah, uh, he
2: they delivered. Somebody in New Jersey got. I think they're waiting on like something from the NBA, and they Zidane got O'Chara
0: sticks. Yeah, he
2: like <laughs> it was what like, do they do with those? Something like Here's six. It's an
0: oversized th- shipment. Six. <laughs> th- well,
2: they wouldn't fit in this van. There's like right. six thousand dollars worth of sticks that show up. So that's I don't even wow. know how that's many sticks name. that is. It's six thousand bucks. Wow. It might
0: be twenty four. Just because the NFL season is now firmly in the rearview mirror, does not mean the Betting season is over. Oh, no, 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 no. Back to the crowd thing. Uh, It was fascinating. You said that the finals would have been a lot different if there was crowds there. That is going to hurt me as a fan the most that these Stanley Cup playoffs this spring will not have many fans. They'll have some. Because to me, the cauldron of a... NHL arena in the Stanley Cup playoffs, the way the noise swells and the emotion, you get a couple big checks, you get a push into the attacking zone where they can't clear it, and there's a shot, and there's a save, and one rings off the post, and it starts to escalate. And escalate is one of the great things in sports, and no other sport offers that. Every other sport, like baseball or or football, it's very episodic. It's like okay, we're in line up for a play, it'll be the good play or a bad play. But hockey, it flows.
1: It's the best in person.
0: Oh, Well, you can't can't
2: even have viewing parties outside right now. And you look at what made the Cap Stanley Cup run so amazing was, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60,000 people outside after every game, during every game, and all the people inside and, you know, traveling. And none of that can happen right now. And then you look at those experiences. I was lucky I grew up in Edmonton and was there in the building when they won their first Stanley Cups. And then I was in there as a player with them when they won a Stanley Cup. Nice. And it, this, you remember who you were with, what you were doing. And look how many people probably watch the Stanley Cup Finals alone. And, yeah. And, you know, with how weird everything is. So you, there's, that, there's that. Why do you go to sports? And, like, for me, I'm kind of popular in the hockey community with hockey fans. So mm-hmm. when I'm out, people know who I am. And I remember in the airport flying back from Vegas after they won, how many people came up to me and said, I went to sim- so many games with my mom and dad, my brother, my best friend. And at the old cap center and it took forever to win. So those are really heartwarming stories. People aren't going to have that about Tampa w- winning it this l- year. So hopefully they get in the buildings in the majority of the cities and we can have people and, you know, Canada, I don't know. They're like 54th in the world in vaccinations. Uh, and uh, <laughs> they good? may, oh God, they may never get it done. So oh, they Jesus. they may never have people in their stands. On oh, the flip God.
1: side, I was like $500 in when the caps were down in game seven in five minutes to the Pens one time I was at twenty what year was that two thousand seven yeah. or two thousand eight? Where it was this Game Seven? The tickets were expensive. We had beers, we had hats, we sit down and it's three it's three nothing Pens before like. A oh, couple that minutes. was in twenty
2: seventeen I think in game. No, no, no was, not, was it the game before? Or we,
1: well, I'm talking about like two thousand seven. I remember two thousand seven. Oh, that game. No,
2: two yeah the first year they were good when Varley laid an egg in the. Oh, and, yeah,
0: and I remember, the remember being like,
1: worst, this is like a $1,000 night, and it's not even out of the first period, and we're going to lose. Worst Caps
0: Game 7 goalie performance ever. Yeah, yeah that was one. bad. Back to the uh, the Stanley Cup here in, in D.C. Having grown up in D.C., not far from here, Alan, on the mean streets of McLean, um, <laughs> I never would have thought we would fill the streets for outdoor viewing, ever. Not in this town. I thought, that is a Toronto thing. I'll tell you that what. Is a Boston You
2: know, thing. I think how that happened, and I will uh, pump up my network, and I think my executive producer, Bill Bell, had a lot to do with this, was he put our set outside mm-hmm. for game five because we'd been on the concourse, uh, Rob Carl and myself, and then they put us outside, and we had beaten Columbus in game five, and the caps were down the first two games of that series. Then they win that great triple overtime game in game three in Columbus. They come back. And I think Backy scored the overtime goal. And as people came outside, we were on set for an hour. And people started crowding around our set. And then every game, they started coming early and hanging around our set. And then it got bigger and bigger and bigger. And by the end, you know, the NHL was here, but we had all those people outside. And then it, it was amazing. And I think it just they got lucky they i don't think it would have happened if our set wasn't out there to tell you the truth yeah because no. it was a meeting wasn't a meeting place at the time yeah. and then all of a sudden you're out there and people are on camera they get to see all that like we were bringing yeah. in different yeah. players and by you the know, time the yeah. series
0: was over both corner streets around the Verizon center filled Capacity and the fact
2: that the building is full inside.
0: Yes, that was crazy.
1: Yeah. Just so you know, Bill Bell has done this before, brought our set outside. I used to host the shows, the pre and post. I was Rob Carlin yeah. before Rob Carlin. And uh, the problem was the team was bad, and they were always oh, yeah. losing in the well, first yeah. round, and well, there was no if the people. Well, the
0: team's bad, no one's going to come out <laughs>
2: So, in the so let's
1: go back there, in. There
2: was the something building. about, though, the, with the uh, Barry Trotz, like there was a winning feeling, and that's why when they would lose in the playoffs with Barry as the coach, it was so painful because they were always better teams than that that they should have won there should have been multiple Stanley Cups won here, but as it got bigger and bigger, and I remember your sets that you guys used yeah. to have it wasn't as extravagant it was, no. remember it was the low set, yeah, and then all of a sudden we kind of had the like the high upsets and they like did everything game day yeah they did set. they yeah, yeah. exactly yeah. because the people started to have the heads like yeah, the really. big yeah, the big game yeah, heads yeah. behind us, so it it just kind of everything snowballed after that and was so. You know, for me, it was kind of overwhelming. The The very first game, they were chanting my name for an hour as we were on television. <laughs> and, you know, fantastic. we had a new boss that we didn't know at the time. And so, you're, you know. You're
0: like, you're like, wow, this is good for my. Uh. No, it actually put it, you know, choked boost. it
2: choked, choked me up and put a tear in my eye because like, wow, yeah. this is incredible. And then. You know, I usually go. Out, I'd go to the Hamilton after every game, Okay. typically, uh, and have the sushi bar is open till one, and, and or two on two two on Friday and Saturday, and uh, so I'd always go there, and the place would just be so full of Caps fans. And by the time I got there, it'd be after midnight, and I go, God, would I need a beer and uh, yeah. have something to eat?
0: I was struck by all the young people that came out. For the caps games in the streets it was the young professionals of washington dc that were super into the team and i was like this is really cool and the parade you know i got these pictures from the parade i mean it was just the most glorious june day low humidity perfect blue skies you know you have a parade for the Redskins, when they won, it's in the winter. You're cold. You're bundled up. One day, one one of the years it rained, so they were in buses. You couldn't see them. the The Nationals parade was not a very good weather day, as I recall. It was fine. Was it okay? Yeah, it was fine. Cold, I was down but, there yeah.
1: calling it for uh, the radio. Yeah, It was station. nice. It but was I, nice. But I
0: just took these but pictures of all these families and all these little kids, you know, in their in their hockey jerseys, and it was uh, it was fantastic. Yeah.
2: It was probably the most amazing uh, peaceful day in D.C. ever. Yeah, that's where everyone true. was you know we just forgot about the garbage of politics and political right. news and people were so happy from every walk of life that was like the the coolest day i have ever witnessed in my life that's it it was cooler than seeing the team win
1: and that's why i have a pit in my stomach to be honest is because things are so different and what i have always loved about sports here's is here's how... you
0: by the way Ellen. i took a picture of you <laughs> you can that happy that ha- that, I'm a journalist. Stalker. No, I'll give you the stalking pick in a second. But, uh.
1: Uh-oh. uh-oh. <laughs> no, but the thing about sports right now is that you have this, it brings people together. It doesn't matter your economic status, your neighborhood, your proximity, everything. All these people will rally together, but we're not able to do that, even if the team wins.
2: It's com- It's coming. You it's know what, common. though? But every wa- every I'm part sorry, of our I'm life. Sorry, i negative Nancy. Wah, every, wah. Nancy, every, every part of our life is this right now. It's compact. It's impacted. And we will get back to normal, in my opinion, like what we used to do. Oh, yeah. And I'm convinced. And people, hopefully, everyone realizes how great it is to have their freedom, their true freedom.
0: Yes. And plus 10%, because there's a lot of pent up desire to be out amongst people. When I was in Mexico this past week, I was (laughs) drinking in front of a live band at this resort house band. Wait, wonderful.
1: With people, like outside, with no masks anywhere.
0: And a live band drinking, people dancing crowd and I said, my God, this is wonderful. And I'm like, oh, yeah, we used to do this all the time and not think about it. So this will come on the back side of it. By the way, you want stalker pick? There's the stalker pick. My two <laughs> favorite people in D.C. sports media, the great Doreen Gensler and your girl, Lindsay, Lindsay Zarniak. Zarniak. Yeah. Bing, bang, boom. Resplendent in red right there. So there's my stalker picture.
1: There you go. I'll tell uh, them both to watch out for you. All right.
0: What do we got from a non- hockey standpoint to talk about. What's on your mind, Carol? Well, I
1: wanted to get your take on Cam Newton and how he Cam handled, and the punk. How he handled that, because I know heckling is part of hockey, too, and especially if you get it off... Uh, well,
2: I, I got a confession, because I have not... I shut my news off in nice. June. I don't watch any television. Good for you. That's other than a sports game right now. I'm tired of binge watching. Uh, I think I've watched everything that's worthwhile watching. Okay. I can't keep nothing holds my attention. So I have no idea what's going on in the world unless okay. someone has so, to tell me it's, it's and so as so this happened, is easy. Here's
0: what happened. So Cam Newton was doing a football camp. Hosting for free, it for free. And, seven on seven. And and a and a young punk decided to start chirping at him, saying, You're washed up, you're a free agent. And Cam took the bait, turned around and said, I'm rich. I'm rich. And the kid's like, you're going to be poor. You're washed up. You're ass, he said. Then Cam said, where's your dad? Where's your dad? Went back and forth like that for an uncomfortably long amount of time. The two have since reconciled. They've both apologized. Well, they both apologized. Yeah,
1: and everyone's like, oh, the kid learned his lesson. I was like, no, he didn't. He's like a star right now. He's a viral star right now. He got what he wanted, which was attention. Um, Well, of course, it was
0: was videotaped on the phone of one of the kid's friends, which is what is now the coin of the realm. This is what everybody wants to do. They want to get over on social media, you know?
1: It's a high school punk who, you know, disrespected Cam and uh i don't think learned his lesson and i i know when you're a target out there you get disrespected this guy doesn't remember five years ago when cam was mvp and leading panthers to the super bowl but this was his own camp
0: so there it is right there
2: there's got to be better comebacks than that than to say i'm I'm rich rich. right Unfortunately, you know the the biggest thing is just you have to ask people like that to take a hike. I'm well, sure Cam had in security, but it's easy to say in hindsight. But uh, isn't the better comeback just to ignore it?
1: Would you ever want to get in the stands and fight a heckler? Had you ever?
2: <laughs> they did no. that once in the <laughs> NHL. Remember? <laughs> yeah, they've done it in the NBA I, I've too. I've been involved in some things, but Don't you know you you know you, you know you you know you can't. You just know you can't because it's yeah. there's a discipline, like, just like. You're in a grocery store, someone bangs in your shopping cart, someone takes your parking spot, someone honks you. You know, you can't do anything about I
1: don't it. No, Sometimes I whiz out. I whizzed out on the water utility company yesterday. Whiz out? Yeah, That's what called, you say. Not, not wig out. Whiz, out? whiz out. I make it whiz Interesting. out. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, was saying, <laughs> I was thinking take a leak. <laughs> I know,
0: right. <laughs> I'm pretty soon, we got to wrap this up. I got to go whiz out before we go sit down for lunch. Um, you, you have a note here, uh, Carol, producer yeah. Carol, always very thorough with the notes. Uh, Albert Pujols announced his retirement, but it was his wife that did it on her Instagram page. Do you have a problem with that? Yeah. What is it?
1: Uh, it was this huge hubbub where there's Albert Pujols. This is like this, you know, uh, long, 10-time all-star, I yeah. think. Mega star, mega yeah, yeah, MLB mega star player. Straight, yeah.
0: straight to Cooperstown legend.
1: Going into spring training, first day, and the wife just trying to give him some love, but makes this announcement, just goes... And it's one thing, that's fine, but then to walk it back is when I Does he I not happened.
2: have an Instagram?
1: He No, he commented on her post uh. with some hearts, I think, or some Whoa. kisses or something. But it became such a big story, then i to walk it back, and she had to say something like, hey, it's not... The last day's ever going to play, or the last season, I'm trying to say the last season under contract, like walked it back in a way. I just thought the whole thing, I was just rolling my eyes. I was like, wives.
0: <laughs> You're like, wives. Wives.
1: They, they should know better after what, 23 years in baseball? Or I, I,
2: you know what? I think that Ovi's got maybe the best wife in sports the way she handles it, her Instagram account. Shows their kid and Ovi working yeah. out all the time. Their kid's gorgeous. and oh, yeah, And you hear her laughing at the two of them all the time. So it'd be pretty nice to have that support at home. That's kind of awesome.
1: Yeah, well, Ovi, I have a problem with Ovi. I'll just tell it right now. And I what? know we have the tape. Just this. What? And I, he knows this because I, I called him out on it. I did a sit-down interview with him once right when he got engaged, and I talked about you know getting married, two beautiful, exciting people, young, becoming one boring person. We were laughing. And I said.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hold on a second. I've never heard that. Two young, exciting Making people, people coming together warm, to, be to become one boring person. <laughs> Sounds like like
2: a happily divorced person <laughs>
1: anyway <laughs> anyway so and this is before this is back this is when he first got engaged a long time ago so uh i just asked him about the best part you know finding your soulmate whatever and he goes i get dinner on the table every day and i was like wah, wah. yeah
0: guess, there's also back. there's also grubhub for that yeah. you know dinner can be you know had. what
2: they actually have an old school traditional russian here, here marriage is, so th- th- this
0: to me is great that you know it's every day that's awesome watching ovi rip slappers in his driveway <laughs> not even very fancy looking driveway and do you hear the laughing though his kid yeah, yeah. And that's, his, his
2: wife his wife laughs at all of these like you can when they won the cup it was her that shot the video of him in bed with the cop and I think it's I yeah. think it's incredible. Well, she
1: did the post where he, after 2017, that devastating hamstring. loss, we didn't know how bad his leg was injured. They and shouldn't have played, didn't. yeah. And then, because we were all like, "What's wrong with Ovi? They should trade him." The window's closing. I know and then you then say that, did. by the way. I know. I got. <laughs> I was on live TV on NBC right after the game when people are like. Uh, all these comments wanting me to talk about O V being traded or the windows closed, and I'm literally like, that was just a death. We're not talking about next year yet. But did you ever think his future with Caps was in doubt ever? Never,
2: ever. I, you know, and I actually handicapped that injury before. I could tell that he wasn't moving right. And yeah. So I don't even need the players' numbers on any team in the league to tell who they are by the way they skate, the way their yes, body moves. Yeah. And I could tell he was something was wrong. I thought it was his back, which your hamstring is basically – you know, when your back goes, your hamstring's usually for, not far behind. But I think you go to war with superstars every time. And, you know, he's never been derogatory to his teammates. Uh, he's never bashed any coaches. So Bruce, I, I would... not. Nah, but we all get mad at people. And, you know, if you if you can't... <laughs> if a coach can't take you, tell him to go after himself every once in a while. Because they do it to you. It's fair game. You know, it, if the camera... If the Ovi camera wasn't on him all the time, he would have got away with yeah. it. Because every... I've see seen Sidney Crosby go to war with his coach in the playoffs, and they want to stand, like, up two years in a row, and they call them, I'm not even going to say it. (laughs) They call them human fights on the bench. Uh, And where if you can say something, but you've got to be able to get along the next day. Now, if you have a a crappy team with a bad attitude, players hold grudges, players should be able to argue, and have a beer the next day. They should be able to have a fight and practice and have a beer for lunch.
0: We're about to have lunch ourselves here at the Palm. Fabulous place to have lunch, Tyson's Corner. Book your reservations now. Carol, what do you recommend when they come to the Palm for a power lunch like we're about to have?
1: I am in love with the French onion soup here. Okay. And then the steak salad. That's my okay. lunch go-to. All
0: right. So we're about to have lunch. Exit point about Ovi. When Brady was shown coming off the boat needing help from Gronk, <laughs> The number one topic of discussion was, yeah, that's pretty good. It's not like Ovi though. After he won the cup, mm. Ovi has set the standard for drunken superstar celebrations after a championship because he went for five straight days, as I recall.
2: They all do, and but he he did the, but very he, publicly the best thing he, he was did was in fountains. I love, I love the, I love the stands uh, up at uh, that's Park. Uh, yeah, the, I think the best part was him drinking, putting his face in the cup and drinking that beer, and then coming out, and he was almost like he was drowning in beer. <laughs> And then I would love to see, I think Tom Brady would win between in the beer chugging contest. Because he, really? I've heard he's legendary. He's won every beer chugging contest he's ever been in. And the part I liked no. about Brady coming off
0: the boat hammered is that it showed he's just one of us. See, now, Carol is anti-Brady. I want to know, did that, raise yeah. his pro a little bit yeah,
1: i found i haven't seen you since the school. I, I found myself rooting for him for the first time i just had brady fatigue for the last decade right i, I had just... brady
2: fatigue before that and the older i get the more he's grown on me and you know less about his clothes less about his hair Thank but you. when you hear that when you no 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 i just i i just Mike, like i don't cool. focus on that anymore what i focus on is, is dedication to excellence his, he's never had a teammate that I know of come out and bash him. Um, it, it's like all the great things he's done, and he's it sounds like he's a stu- superstar in every aspect of his life. And he's a hockey parent, so he can't go around. So oh, he sports. is. He is. I didn't know. And that. he goes, and he goes, he goes to his kids' hockey games. He's just a regular tom dad. So it's kind of awesome.
1: Same with me. I, I have mad respect for him now because of what he's been able to do. And I, I want him to continue to do it. But Yeah, well, he's married, Carol, so too bad for you. Yuck. I, he's still not my type. He's <laughs> still, <think>. still <laughs> not my type. Hey, and
2: the Verizon commercial is the greatest. And the, I, I just love the, the Gronk and yeah. the Brady. I saw it that morning for the first time. Very funny, yeah. It
0: was awesome. The, the fact so. that he
1: gets people to raise up their game around him is what makes him so incredibly special.
0: Some people, what, don't, some people don't believe that. Those would I've be, had people email me. No, I Saying it. they don't believe it. I'm like, uh, you're crazy. Uh, you know
2: what? If you could listen to all of his pump-up talks to his players, like if you could read his lips, but he's going too fast, and you can hear some of it, he gets guys going. And yeah. he 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 mothers people. And <laughs> I, lo- I love that he gets pissed off and, and goes out there. Like the tweets he sent out the other day about being washed up, he took that clip of all the different talking heads, yeah, yeah. especially the one very, very annoying talking head, and he kept using his voice for you know, saying Same. bad bad things about Tom, and I just love it. It was like the goat tweet of all time.
0: It was good. All right, Alan, it was great to have you in the Free Hugs and Candy Van. We're going to get lunch here at the Palm, and hopefully it won't be the last time. Go Caps. Awesome. Thank you. All right. Once again, thanks to the Palm Restaurant in Tyson's Corner for providing our power lunch inducement to bring people out to the Free Hugs and Candy Van. Go to the Palm's website, Tyson's Corner, Virginia. Book your power lunch or dinner. Today, and you will enjoy some succulent steak and other incredible food. We'll end on this. Flopping has gone next level. A Guatemalan third division footballer has lit social media on fire after video surfaced of him faking being hit by an object after knocking himself upside the head with a rock. Batonkos' Rasbin Ramos picked up the rock from the field, or pitch, before casually p- smacking himself across the face with it, probably in an effort to draw blood. Ramos's bizarre efforts were unsurprisingly in vain, as none of the officials saw the incident, so no punishment was handed out. But now, according to Football 24, Guatemala's football disciplinary body, disciplinary body is expected to take action against Ramos over his embarrassing antics. (laughs) Flopping has gone next level. Get a rock, smash your head with it, draw blood and go, Oh my God, there's someone in the fan. Now, if the fans throw a rock at a visiting stadium, does the home team get penalized for fan conduct? You, Soccer fanatics, help me out on this. I don't know what leagues have what rules. I bet there might be something in that, but it could be too hard to police because, look, that would be a great way to give your team an advantage is you go to a road stadium, dress as a fan of the other team, bring a couple rocks in your pocket or whatever you can smuggle in, throw them on the pitch, and then get your team an advantage. But that's next level right there. There's flopping. Here's the levels of... Uh, Flopping. There's, there's generic flopping, which is selling the call. There is LeBron flopping, which is next level. Then there is Neymar flopping. And then at the top is this guy, old Rosbin Ramos. Old rock to the head, Rosbin Ramos. All right, that is a wrap for today. Thank you so much for being a listener and loyalist. To the Zabe cast. As always, subscribe to get a full five days a week, not just four. Go to Zabe.com slash premium. I really appreciate each and one each and every one of you who part with your hard-earned five dollars a month to be a subscriber. And if you sign up for a year at once, you get twelve months for the price of eleven. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great Wednesday, and we will see you tomorrow.